Welcome to My American Vida. I'm your host, Leisa Carrillo, and this is my podcast where I will share the story of my life growing up in Cuba and how I came to live here in America. I will share my journey to becoming an entrepreneur with the people who have helped and inspired me along the way. Turn in once a month to enter into my world, to grow personally and professionally. My mission for you to know is don't wait for someone to tell you you are good enough because you know what? You already are. Hi everyone, this is Leisa Carrillo and you are listening to My American Vida. Oh my God, today's episode is full of tears, love, laugh, memories and some other bad memories in between. But I brought to this episode to help me out one of my best friends, Noivelle Gorgoy. We worked together at the same show for about 10 years. But I guess we're friends for even more than that. But I just, I'm not going to count on that. People are going to think that we're really old, Noivelle. Shh, let's not say anything. Let's recap on how I got my visa and made it here. Listen, it wasn't easy. I still remember until today the sound of the voice my mom and dad had. They were worried. They just only have one choice and was to trust the process. I remember that we were supposed to perform here in America because everything took forever, right? I think it was in a period of two or three weeks. That means that you have to rehearse. You have to get familiar with the stage, the lighting. You have to set the sound. It's a lot that goes into a show, even that the show was already set. You have to bring it to a new place. You have to adjust so many things. But of course, we couldn't all live at the same time. It was too good to be true. So we were, le- we were living in Cuba in a group of six or seven. Don't even ask me why, but they didn't allow us to leave all at once. I remember that I could only bring a backpack. Nobody knew that we were coming for that long. I had only a book, maybe some dance clothes, and family pictures. I came, I will never forget, on the second group. There was another group that came and... That weekend, we were supposed to soft open, opening the show. We literally have maybe close to 20 people. We're talking about a show of 50-something. We have to basically readjust everything to open the show with something. We have a contract. We have something that we have to present. 
doesn't work like a, you're going to tell the casino, oh, wait a minute, we're still waiting for the rest. They're not here yet. We cannot perform. We have to adjust. We have to improvise. And we did. And I think the reason it took so long for some of the guys was because in Cuba, if you are born as a boy, <laughs> look at this, you have to serve mandatory, obligatory, the military. So because we were so young, early 20s, 17, 16, I remember one of the, one of the kids didn't even get to see the casino until two years after. He had to come in to the hotel from the back door because he wasn't not even 18 or something like that. We were young. Some of the boys didn't went through the military school. We were getting hold back a lot. But story short, little by little, everybody made it. And we were happy ever after. <laughs> Until the reality hit us. When I say the reality hit us is, remember, we came with no clothes, no shoes. We got dropped on Vegas Boulevard. If you are listening and you have came to Vegas, you know Vegas Boulevard is wild. Lighting. There's a lot going on. So I remember that we used to stay in um, a complex that was right behind the theater. So the theater was called Stardust. That was the casino. And the Havana Night was the name of the show that performed on the Stardust for about three years. We were all happy. We were sweat our lives away in every single show. It was a revolutionary effect that Vegas got. Vegas was so used to, to have Cirque Soleil shows and uh, musicians and things like that. We never had nothing like this Cuban flavor to Las Vegas. But, oh my gosh, a little bit. Right after, we start feeling lonely, sad. <laughs> we left everybody behind. We couldn't even talk to our parents. We didn't have cell phones by then. I remember maybe a couple months after I got here, I, I got given to me the first cell phone with a number. I didn't even apply for that. It got given to me by the show director. And we start communicating with our families via email. And that's when everything starts. We start hitting reality. That's when all the culture shock start happening. By that time, guys, I didn't speak any English. Nobody else did. We were basically brought to a casino to perform at nighttime. We would go eat, go to sleep, or hang out on the street trying to find nightclubs and learn what was Vegas about. This it was hard, guys. We all were 20, 21, 22. I'm telling you, I always say to people, it was a lot for me to handle, but we did good. We were responsible. We were happy. We knew where we came from. We knew the call. We knew that we came for a better future. We knew that we left our family behind 
but because we want to help them. We want to better their lives. And of course, I brought Noivel to the show to share a little bit of her experience coming to America. And we're just going to have a conversation between two good friends so you guys to understand how important for us as Cuban is to liberate ourselves, to get to know other cultures, expand our wings and stretch our wings when you and others and you want to be better. So Noivel Gogoi is a singer, a songwriter. She also plays piano and other instruments. She's so talented, guys. Can you believe it? She's an esthetician and also a plant-based chef. Welcome to the show, Noivel! <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Super excited to be here. <laughs> I mean, you're my first one, so I'm more excited. I feel so special. <laughs> you are special. <laughs> so tell me how you left Cuba. Well, for me, it was a little different for you guys because um, when you guys were here, you know, I, at the time I was in a relationship, a very serious relationship, and that person that I was with was the one part of the show. So I knew about the existence of the show. I went to a lot of rehearsals of you guys, uh, but I was not part of the show when you guys uh, came to America. So for me, I, I knew a little bit, very little of what you guys' journey was going to be and how there was kind of a contract somewhere in there to go to America. But at the same time, he couldn't really tell me everything either. No, we couldn't. Like, like all of you. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I, because I was, in, I was part of a, one of the awesome bands at the time uh, in Cuba, and this band was part of a show, another production show. Uh, so I basically went on a tour with them to Europe for I think it was like summer or something like that. So while I was in the tour, I start, you know, you know how it is when we travel, we call every week to our families to check on everybody. And so mom can hear your voice and all of that. So I call one of those weeks and I can't get a hold of him. So I was like, what is going on? So I kept calling and calling. I called my mom. I'm like, what is, what's up? Like, it was this, a secret, literally. We exactly. left without even saying what so, they were leaving exactly. to our own family. Exactly. So I, I couldn't get a hold of him. And then I called my mom, and my mom is like, honey, uh, you need to... He w I was told that he will call you, you know. So I had to wait, pretty much. I had no clue what, the, what was going on. <laughs> so I had to wait, and finally... A few weeks after that, I was able to talk to him. I was like, what is going on? So then uh, I found out what was happening. You guys were here. <laughs> I think at that point, you guys like were already like in the in the beginnings of like going into the political asylum type of, you know, where all of you went to the to the office and all of that. So I was like, I was like, Oh my, oh my God, like this is Yeah, because is crazy. you guys were married, right? Yes. And that like was a, your the own thing. husband couldn't even tell you the whole truth. Exactly. That's how, how we escaped. We escaped literally like exactly. lying. Exactly. 
So when I finally was able to figure out what's going on and was able to talk to him, um, you know, then I, I pretty much went to a corner. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, if I knew that if I would have come back to Cuba, I would have not been able to continue my career, to ever travel again, to continue with my life because they would consider me immediately a possible defector. That's, I think, how they called us. And, and I so, agree. And the reason I say this, Noivera, I'm sorry to cut you off. I remember okay. my brother, his wife, back on the day, he left and defect from Cuba to America. And in 24 hours, my brother got called to get into an interview at the police station. It, like, it was like a really deep investigation. And he didn't even know that she was leaving because that's the way people leave. You literally escape. You don't tell anybody. You shouldn't say a word. Nothing. It's not going to happen if you say something. Exactly. So he literally got in jail for more than a week because they assumed that he knew that she was leaving Cuba in a boat. Yep. <laughs> it's how crazy it can be. So I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, so for me, it was like that. So I imagine I was at the time 20 years old. And we talked about eventually leaving the country at some point. Uh, and I, I was lucky enough to tour before that with a different band. So I, I got to see the world and I knew there was a world out there that was bigger than the little bubble that we used to live on. And so, but I never thought that it was going to be that way or like right there i had to make a decision so i was like okay so what do i do do i go back do i stay here i can't stay here i want to be with my loved ones but my family but you know you go through all this process it's like what do you do you're young it's scary is i mean there's so many things that go through your mind and so when i finally got to talk to him again, he tells me, I'm going to do my best to bring you over. And I did not know how was that going to happen because I was in the other side of the world. I was in Europe <laughs> and you guys were here. So um, he talked to the owner of the company at the time. They had a wonderful relationship. And, uh, and so he basically asked for her help. and. She threw a lot of work on his aunt and like a lot of like trying to convince her type of thing. She finally agreed, okay, I will look into it and see what happens. Now she found out that I was a performer as well, that I was a singer. So uh, there was, she knew that there was a, a chance that she could integrate me into the, into the show as well. But you know how she was also with the show. Not anybody or everybody could get in. Very special people. <laughs> you know. Totally, yeah. <laughs> you know I, I went was. through that at the beginning <laughs> of the, uh, I think the first episode, how hard that audition was, how mm -hmm. crazy, because basically it was the only person on the whole Cuba that would pay you in dollars, mm -hmm. even there was five, ten dollars a month or a week or whatever, was something that we have never had. Mm -hmm. So she was somebody special for everybody. So she felt it that way also, and she had that attitude. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. She let me know. Uh, I, I will get to that point. <laughs> I will get to that point. I hope we have time. But anyways, um, well, 
after she finally agreed and kind of started the process, at the same time, you're trusting on someone's word, but that word can change any time. And if it changes again, I knew that my life was going to be done forever if I went back. And so um, then the, there was one morning that I, I mean, there were many things happening, but there was one morning specifically that somehow there were seven other cast members of Havana Nights that did not make it directly to the U.S. So they flew them. And they stayed in Europe. Yeah. And they were waiting there for their visas to get to the U.S. Somehow, the people, uh, the big people from, from the show that I was in, the people that were like the managers and like the heads, the people that came from Cuba, you know, and plus kind of like the people from, <laughs> we call them like the CIA security of Cuba. Because, <laughs> you know, every show has someone in there. And so, exactly. So, uh, they saw these guys. And so, they immediately thought, Havana Nights is here. So, I was immediately called to a meeting. Mm. And so, it was one of those guys, the the director of the the band, and and me. And I was sitting there by myself, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, I know I didn't do anything wrong. But that's how it was. We would always be treated like we doing things wrong. Yeah. In our country, you don't have a freedom of express yourself or do what you want. You yes. cannot even travel with your own money, even if you have it. Yes. Or so passport. It, or passport. Like you would travel to these places, guys, and your passport would be taken away from you. Yes. So that's why I say I didn't have nothing when I would travel. I would just pick a map look at where I was going, and that's it. I couldn't even identify myself. I was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just that crazy. Mm-hmm. So she, I mean, the meeting was pretty much, they were they were telling me that I was planning to stay in Europe, and they knew that my husband was there, mm-hmm. and the whole cast of Havana Nights, and I was planning on staying and not coming back, and I was planning on uh, stealing my own passport that I paid for, that I didn't even have at the time because, again, they remove it from you. So they told me all these crazy ideas. I had no idea what they were talking about. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did you see him? Because I haven't. Is he really here? <laughs> so anyways, um, from then on, they started checking on me. And anytime I went anywhere, like any of the public phones to call to call him or call my family or whatever it was, I was being washed. I was mm. being checked on wow. how many, you know, what time I would come back. Uh, now I didn't know who to trust or what to do or what to say because I knew. Now I was even more scared because I was like, now if I even come back, this is going to even ruin my life even more because now I'm going to have people following me. They're not going to trust me. They're definitely not going to take me on tour or anything like that. So my life, my career, my everything was just done. At 20 years old. At 20. And that's how we all felt, Maybell. Because when we were trying to leave Cuba, we had a contract that is legally for any other reason in any other place in the whole planet, but except Cuba. If we don't do nothing illegal. We're just trying to serve in another country, just mm-hmm. to perform, just to be artists, just to be on bigger stages and... We all were like 18, 19, 17, and we were like scared to death. But at the same time, we knew that our life could be better. 
Yeah. We knew all the opportunities that were outside you, uh, outside Cuba. That's why mm-hmm. I think are we all okay to leave the country and leave our family, even the our family is the first thing for us. For Sometimes sure. is there is no choices. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a country with no choices. When people ask, can you describe Cuba with one word? I always say it's a country with no options or choices. You have one choice, one option. <laughs> you with them or without them Pretty or you gone. Pretty much. <laughs> you know. Pretty much. So after that, um, I mean, to make it short, there's a bunch of other stuff that happened in between. But to make it shorter, I finally was able. So all of this was happening. And then I was trying to find out if the visa that we had extended a little longer so I could stay in Germany for a certain period of time till we could figure out, okay, am I going to be taken, you know, am I going to be part of the, of the show? Are you going to bring me to the U.S.? Like all this stuff. So uh, we, you know, when you traveled also with a company from Cuba, you have no clue how long your visa is. They so don't tell you that. They don't yes. tell you that either. So I found out through that trip that for the first time, uh, the, the person that was in charge of all of that, we became really good friends. And I asked him directly, like, how, how long is our visa? Because, you know, I made a story like I'm, I'm really thinking on like staying here for vacation. My father was traveling at the time. We saw each other in Germany. So they knew that my dad was around and I told him we just want to stay uh, for a couple of weeks you know as a small vacation so he was a there were other dancers and musicians that were staying along the way every time we went to a city (laughs) which was hilarious and so because I did the whole the whole tour he told me you know I appreciate your professionalism so much I'm gonna tell you the truth you have another month that you can stay here legally if you want to go on vacation or do anything I couldn't believe it. He's like, uh, what do you need? Like, where are you going? And I said, well, I just need a plane to, to Germany. And we were in Paris at that time. So it was like, okay, when we, no, we were in Switzerland. So he's like, when we get to Paris, I'll help you get a ticket and you can fly to like Germany. But you're terrified, so you know. <laughs> yeah, you're 20 years old. You're 20 years old and you don't know. And you know, there's like people from the security of Cuba in the group and you're like, you really have no clue what's going to happen. And so he did help me. He got the, the ticket for me and I flew to Germany while the rest of the cast went back to Cuba. Everybody was looking at me like, what's going on? <laughs> now, at the time, I was traveling with one of my best friends from childhood as well. And she knew the truth. I, I told her everything and I gave her a letter explaining everything to my parents as much as I could because I didn't even know what was happening. And then I gave them, I gave her another envelope with some money so they could have it and they could live. And so that's pretty much how my mother found out. Uh, she went to pick me up to the airport. I was supposed to be there. And there my, you know, my friend comes out with the envelope and, and the mom. letter. And my mom just lost it. She was like done forever. And my dad, what can I say? But anyways, this is a very emotional part of it. <laughs> I'm trying to hold the I tears. Totally, I totally <laughs> felt it for a moment. I could cry too. Oh I'm, my gosh. I'm holding it. But, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have the chance to even say goodbye, Novel. I am. Oh you know, so it's kind of like, I mean, I knew that these tears would come <laughs> to both of us because I think every Cuban has this past. 
you yeah. know every single cuban they live in america and have some sort of this kind of pass oh, but yeah. okay do you get to meet the people so, from the show uh well i did go to germany and i waited there for like two weeks i didn't hear from anybody i was told like okay you have to wait there and somebody will contact you and i didn't hear from anyone in like two weeks and i was like what is going on but where did you stay <laughs> in two weeks so i met on the way a friend of my father from my father's travels and I talked to her and she was an angel in the skies. I talked to her and I told her what was happening and that I needed somewhere to stay for a couple of weeks until things, until, you know, we figure something out. So you basically stayed with a stranger for two weeks. Pretty Somebody much. Somebody that you didn't know. Pretty much that I met on the trip that happened to be one of the most wonderful human beings you could possibly have ever met. She treated me like a child, like her own child. Uh, she was always like, did you get to talk to your parents? How is your, your mom and dad? Like she was checking on me all the time. She didn't let me pay for anything, you know, cause I made a little bit of money. We didn't make a lot of money when we travel in, in, in those shows, but you know, I had some, so I was like, I'm willing to, to pay, uh, you know, let me know how much and, and I'll see what I can do. And she told me, no, save your money. Cause you're going to need it when you get to, to us. And so, yeah, so I pretty much stayed with her for free for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks <laughs> because the first two weeks they didn't uh, reach out to me. When they finally did, uh, that's when I got connected with the other group that was waiting down there. And, uh, and then there was more drama coming up. <laughs> uh, now the director of the show uh knew that i was singing and she came to germany for something related to business so she wanted to get a meeting with me so i met her and when i'm sitting on the on the on the place with her she tells me um you will never ever ever be part of my show uh you're only in this situation because of the person that you're with you are nothing to me. I mean, she treated me the most horrendous way ever. Why do you think she did that? I think she, I mean, I think she might have felt it for sure. And also she was testing me. And also she was, I don't know. But I do can tell you to tell that to a 20-year-old that is lost and sad and scared and and all kinds of feelings at the same time it was horrible it was absolutely horrible and in fact i told that to my friend which was also a german the lady that i was staying with her name was linda i love her to death and linda linda was like what what she told you that so she was she was about to turn back and like talk to her in, in, in german yeah this lady guys for you to have an idea what we're talking about she was a rich kid growing up her dad owns one of the biggest, right, train yeah, or metro like, companies yeah, in the whole Europe, like, like huge. So she basically went to Cuba and fell in love with the show. And because she had money, she controlled everything. So I feel that also when she want to give something to you, she want to make sure that you understand that you have to work for it harder mm -hmm. and harder. Like she will make us work hard. And I basically think that's what she did. She's like, okay, I'm going to bring you to America, but... 
you know, you have to prove that you're better. You have to prove that you deserve to be there. You have to, you know, yeah. she want to just push your limits and see what you would do. Pretty much, I think. And also, um, you know, even when she brought me in, I, she would always make sure that I would never forget how thankful I had to be for that move, which I was always and I always will be. But it got to a point that it got so ugly that you have to stand up for yourself. And at that time, again, I, I was never treated that way by anybody, anybody that I worked with. And so to be treated like that by a person that you don't know, and now you're depending on the person to be able to make it to the end of your trip. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I bet. I bet what you went through because I know, I know how she was. Like, I know her. <laughs> I know what she was capable for. I mean, I mean, she was like a strong individual, especially when she would talk to you. We were afraid of her sometimes. Pretty much. And remember, guys, as we were so young, so naive, we have never lived in another country. So we felt that she was God for us. I remember coming to America. I didn't even want to move. I didn't want to even go to check on my legal status because I just only believe on her lawyer, mm -hmm. you know? So she hired a lawyer that was helping us with the green cards and everything. So I was like, I could only, only feel comfortable with her lawyer, her things, because it was because of like the way she brainwashed us. She, you know? Yeah, she made us believe it was that way as well. That the world, she treated us a lot like how would they would treat us in Cuba. The world is wrong, it's bad, everything is horrible, you're safe with me. Exactly, that's what she did. And uh, so yeah, when, when I finally got together with the, with the guys, then I don't know if you remember Herbert. Yes, so totally. he is the reason why I'm pretty much in the company. <laughs> I remember he, this tall German guy that used to work for her, right? Yes, very awesome guy. I mean, I I I met them right there, but he honestly to me was really wonderful, and like he knew that I was coming from another show, so he did see like we can use her type of thing, mm -hmm. you know. So Herbert slowly started introducing me to like the English classes, the dance classes. He would put me, he will make me go. Not to mention that you knew a little bit of English already. Very little. Honestly, my English was very bad. Very bad. But I think you knew more maybe than me. I could understand a little more. And, and I always had an easier way to pick up on the accent. But my English was bad. And I mean, my fiance today can tell you. <laughs> no, but I, I, what I mean is like, because you can... Noivel can sing, guys, in English, Spanish. Like, she can sing in any language. I'm telling you, she's so talented. <laughs> I can't wait for you to follow her and listen to her music. But I know as a singer, you guys learn music and you guys learn songs in English. So I think uh, you guys have an ability to pick up in accents better than maybe I was at that time. For, for some of us, yes. For me, it was because I was listening to music in English since I was a child and, and trying to mimic the sound and trying to sound like those artists and how they would, you know, I didn't know what I was saying, but I was trying to mimic those sounds. So that did help a lot. Totally. And it helped my ear a lot to open up and be able to, you know, learn a little faster. But uh, anyways, going back to the story, finally, thanks to him, I was able to get <laughs> in. He made a recording uh, of me singing the flamenco song remember oh yeah so he made a song he made me record this and send it to her and so she found out 
he, she started seeing, okay, this girl can sing. <laughs> okay, she can move because she's not all of this. Hello. Exactly. So, he, you know that she picked up you from the trash. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, until that point, that was not the case. So, thanks to him, she started seeing, like, okay, I can use her in the show. And so, it, that was like my audition. And from there on, every week we would do something and he would record it and send it to her. So I was pretty much being monitored <laughs> all the way through. Uh, and then, uh, then uh, basically she decided to give me a contract. And I remember uh, the person that I was at the time told me, do not accept the contract. That's, <laughs> that's a game. Do not accept it. She's testing you. And I was like... Oh, my God. Like, it was so complicated. I'm so confusing. <laughs> exactly. Until the day you got here. I can still exactly. see that. So, uh, keep in mind that we, while all of this was happening and going on, every week, they would tell us, okay, guys, pick up the bags. You're finally leaving this week. To America. To America. <laughs> You're going to America this week. Then the weekend will come in, and they will have another meeting with us and tell us, oh, guys, I'm so sorry, but it's not happening this week. We still have to wait. And when I raised us, there was another group of Cuban that when they went to the embassy, for some reason, Cuba didn't allow this to come here. So this Germany lady had to flew, fly them to Germany. Mm -hmm. And that's why you got to that group. So there was yes. a group of six or seven. They yes. were there before they came to America. So they had to kind of like transport themselves like. Yes. And live in that wondering and live in that yeah. anxious. And imagine the family, what they're thinking. They're like, what is happening? Well, the families, I don't even think it knew much. Like I couldn't tell my family. That was the first thing that they told me. Like you cannot say a word of what you're doing here to your family. So every week, you know, I'm, I'm in this little internet cafes writing emails to my mom. And I couldn't tell them anything. So, so what? How the emails were looking like? like hi, it mom. It was pretty I'm much hi. Here. Yeah, hi, mom. Everything is okay. I'm here. I went today to a class. You know, very, very like that. Now you know that we Cubans are kind of creative. So we did have some words. You know, we have our our underground codes. Uh, codes <laughs> exactly. So sometimes I'll send her something very like very that I knew she would only recognize or something like that to let her maybe give her a little bit of a hint of what would happen or what was happening and so that's pretty much what the communication was I remember till I mean I can see you Noivelle and I can close my eyes and I can remember when you guys got here oh my we were already three months in doing the show when you guys seven eight got here I remember your ex by the time his face like we were all so happy for you guys because we were like waiting for you guys forever too. But I don't know if you remember that those guys came first. I had to wait another two weeks in Germany by myself. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, yes. That's they why maybe I remember you. Coming. They got to leave. And then I remember they, they arrived in America around the time that um, it was December something and it was close to my birthday. And I, w I thought that on my birthday I was going to be finally in the U.S. And that was not the case. <laughs> oh my God. So I had so to wait another felt? two weeks. You felt so lonely. You felt so oh, scared. Oh, for sure. I was very, very terrified. I was very scared. I, I felt very alone. I, I mean, the stuff that I was dealing with was really, really dark. Really dark. 
the what kept me sane was to look at my families. I always travel with a little picture of my family. So I would look at them and then I would, you know, also imagine what my life was going to be with, you know, the person that I was at the time. And that was really what kept me going because mm-hmm. even the, I mean, it, it was just a mess. <laughs> it was just I mean, a now mess. that you're saying that, I remember, like I have tears in my eyes right now. Because <laughs> I remember how lonely I felt. Even though we came in a big group and we were all together all the time. I remember that I felt so lonely. Right. My first birthday was horrible. Right. I mean, I remember telling my roommate by that time, Lily, I was like, no, I'm bringing my brother over. My brother was literally having a really hard time. Why? Because he got, he got kicked out from kicked out from his job because his ex-wife, whatever happens, that she came to America in a boat. And he was supposed to know, and he got kicked out from his job. Oh so he was God. literally working in this a small hotel. So sad. All his saving, she took it. So I was like, if I can bring somebody, I would bring my brother. Of course. So I remember that I saved all my money at the very beginning to bring my brother. I, I heard that you can pay a thousand. I mean, it was like a ten thousand dollar, and I could get a visa through Mexico, and that's what I did. But um. This is a funny story, you know, about the things that you do for your family and the people that you love. Like, yeah. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I went to find a side hustle. I remember that I want him to be here so bad that I was so scared to be by myself that I even went to find a job. There was not too many jobs that I could do. I didn't speak English. Uh, you know, we were controlled by this show. Where I was we didn't... just going to ask you, like, when? What time did you have for that? Because, you my Lord. <laughs> so some of the girls uh, that I met, that she was a Cuban girl, that would come, you know, to the shows and all of that, she told me about the strip clubs and stuff like that. Mm. But I have never in my whole life been to one. So it was my first time walking into one, and I just didn't know. I thought that you just danced there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when... I walked in and I saw the girls that didn't have, you know, they were topless and they were dancing on top of guys. You know, for me, a street club was just, okay, you get a job and you dance. I remember that I walk back out. I was like, oh, oh no, goodness. I'm going to keep saving. <laughs> but I don't think, I don't have nothing, listen, I don't have nothing against anybody to do that. But sure. I was just like, oh, no, no, I'm coming back. I'm sorry, never mind. <laughs> and that's it. But, um, that tells you how, I mean, how strong we can be when it comes to the family. For sure. For sure. You know? For sure. That, that was, I think, the thing that, that was the hardest for me, especially in that beginning, to be away from them. Yeah. To not be able to talk to them enough. Because at the time, remember, we had these cards and they yeah. cost a lot of money. And in Cuba, people don't have cell phones. And it was just hard to call. Yeah, so yeah. it was so hard to communicate. And yeah, that one, yeah, I, I feel you. I felt the same. I felt so lonely. I felt so, I felt so bad, honestly. I didn't know why I was here. I didn't know. You don't know your purpose back then. You really don't know. And then in one hand, you have your family. In the other hand, you have your career. And you yes. find yourself in the middle, like, figured it out. Why did I? What the heck? Why did I do this? Yes. Until you really start understanding how much possibility America has for you. Look for at sure. you. You have like how many careers you already had. You know, like <laughs> Noiva went to a school with me. I was doing hair and she went to school for esthetician. And I mean, it's just insane how we can find ourselves and open doors for 
you know, for a better future. But for sure. at the beginning, you, you know, you don't know if you don't have nobody to guide you. I, yeah, I feel like that was that was the biggest thing that we did not have guidance. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. So when you get in. And it's such a culture shock and such a system shock. Yeah, that's the everything, name of this episode. Everything yeah. is shocking. The way the system works, the way how everybody take, takes advantage of you because you have no clue what you're doing. You don't speak the language. You don't speak the language. You don't know anything about finances. You don't know. You have all this money because now you're working in a great show on the strip. So you have all this money and you have no clue what to do. And so people come in and take advantage of you with mm-hmm. certain, uh, I don't know, with certain deal of a house or whatever. So I remember my first you car. You go through I remember all my this first stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. I remember, Noivelle. <laughs> I went to, I mean, I went to two, I would say two, maybe one or two years of English at college. Like I went we to. We did. St- yeah, right. Remember, we used to go together. Yes. So because the way somebody made me feel at the bank. I remember we had to open our first bank account, right? Was remember that the that? day that, that a guy came in and um, trying to rob the bank? The bank where you there I with wasn't me that in day? That oh my god! Group, but I know that that was our first experience in a bank in the United States. That you was guys my grew. First. In that moment, got a guy robbed in oh like whatever. My in my case, this lady, after I spent all night writing down in English what I want to say. <laughs> Practicing the accent. I only need you to open a bank. I was so ready to open my bank account. I was so happy to start living my American life, to feel independent, to have my car running in all the stores and Mm -hmm. not keep going around with cash. And this lady was like, "Eh? I don't understand. What do you mean? What do you need to open? I got so mad, Noivelle, that I grabbed all my paperwork and I walk away and I start crying. I was like, holy moly, I would never going to let anybody make me feel this way ever, ever again. Mm -hmm. So after that day, I was, I have to learn English. I have to learn the system because as, as the immigrants, guys, it can be tough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It can be tough. And the only thing we're looking is to better our life like anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not coming to this country to rob you guys, to do nothing bad. We just like, you know. We just people that have bad beginnings and we just want a better future, <laughs> right? I mean, everybody that is in a third world country want a better future, you know? Yeah. Like, even if you live in this world, you want a better future for your kids. You work harder, you have three jobs maybe to send your daughter to college or to your boy to play a sport or whatever. So I think it does, as a human being, we always want to better ourselves. For sure. You know? For sure. But tell me, Norbert, one of your biggest culture shock when you got to Vegas, because I, I know you went in Europe and I was in Europe before and stuff like that, yeah, but coming into America, like what was like, you like, we never forget. To me, honestly, Vegas was a culture shock altogether. <laughs> <laughs> when I walked in, coming from Europe, this beautiful old buildings with so much history and architecture and all this stuff that is just beautiful. And I walked in Vegas. I was like, what in the world is this? This is ugly. What is this? I remember I hated it. I hated it. I couldn't find myself in it because, again, it looks so luxury. Like, I felt the same way. It's like, how am I going to go to a place? Everything looks, yeah. you have to have a, 
it, it looks to us that we have to have a lot of money to be here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It was that part. Then the other side was like the buildings. There was no architectural story. There was no. There were so many things artistic wise that I always pay attention to, you know, that were not. And I was like, what in the world is this? This is like, <laughs> this is, this is crazy. So yeah, at the beginning, I hated the whole thing. Everything was a culture shock, honestly. Everything was a culture shock. And Absolutely not to mention, guys, everything. <laughs> the Noivelle is, is from a countryside of Cuba. Like oh, yes. I'm from the beach side. She's from <laughs> a place that has the most beautiful waterfalls, mountains. Right, all the green, all, all the, the greens, greens, all the greens. So I get it. We were land here in Vegas with no green, no water. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, and now what? I remember the first time it rained. Oh, I remember oh, there yes. was months and months, and I was like, when the heck is gonna rain? I was yes. like, oh, is yes. it ever gonna rain? I was waiting for the rain, and then when the rain came, we were dancing on the we're rain. Outside. I know. And everybody was looking at us like, are these people for real? <laughs> We were so happy to dance in the I rain. I know, I know. And every anything, like every little plant that you will get to get in your little apartment, you'll be like, oh my God, a little piece of green. Thank God, you know. And it would die. I mean, I, I, I never got to grow anything. I mean, still cannot even make succulents survive. I know, until you today. always tell me, do not give me that for my birthday. It's oh, going to die. My goodness. It's hot in Vegas, but. It is, it is. But we're here. We're here. And I mean, it's it's. It's been, it's been a crazy journey. I feel for each and every one of us was a crazy journey, especially when we finally were able to, because there was a journey within being in the show. There was a journey after we finished the show and we had to start all over again. I know. So it, there's been we have so to many. Reinvent. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There've been so many starting moments like, okay, wait, oh my God, we have to do this again. Or. I know damn, I did this wrong. I have to now do it this way because now that's going to set me back. I should have done it this way. Um, yeah, so, but it's it's been a crazy, a crazy journey in a good way. I agree. I've learned so much. <laughs> and that's what I was saying. You will only learn from the experience. For sure. There is no way that somebody will tell you will learn that much, this much, just for me telling you. For sure. You know, and I mean, it's just, it's life. <laughs> It is. It is. That's how we learn. I always say that life is like, it's really like a school that you're like in first grade, second grade. Okay, you didn't learn the lesson and you're going to go back. You didn't graduate from first grade and then you keep moving. I agree. I agree. I remember um, you did go with us when we did the um, Miami. Oh, the political asylum thing. I mean, no, No. I saw you on TV. Oh, really? When we guys did that? <laughs> oh, yes. I was actually in in Germany at that time. Oh, my goodness. I was waiting to see what was going to happen. And I turned on CNN. And we were there. And there you were. All yeah. of you dressed up. And I'm like, oh, I definitely cannot go back now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're like, uh, I won't be able to do anything else. Yes. Yeah, so right before Noivelle got to make it to America... <laughs> I guess at some point she <laughs> at will. Some point. Uh, we were already here for I guess six months or something like that, and we all applied for political silence. But what it happened, guys, the big picture behind all of this is that we were the biggest group of Cubans since the fifties. The, the defection, defection yeah. on history. Yeah. So Cuba had never lost that many group of Cubans at once in a work visa. 
and especially artists, artists especially yes. you know in the artistic world yes. they've never experienced so that. you would imagine we all dressed black we made a scene literally it was film everybody knew we were all over the news oh yeah newspaper and tv <laughs> it was crazy but i think that opened up a lot a, you know a lot of opportunities to the show for sure and i think i mean i think also the owner of the show was very smart and she knew things like that would help promote the show and be able to mm -hmm. continue opening doors in in such a close uh industry here because mostly in in most casinos you see a lot of Cirque du Soleil yeah so you you barely see any other independent company come in and and be able to establish themselves totally. I mean there's a few but a lot of times yeah. it's it's a tough competition. I I agree. I so agree. she used everything possible to make sure to that make those sure open, that we those get doors those continue open. open. Yeah. Yeah. And we did the show. We travel and we did New York. We did New York. Did you go to New York? Yes, I did. Yes, and we went to Miami. That was I mean that show was intense. Miami. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, we performed in some arenas around United States and of course here in Las Vegas was our home. But um, how do you felt, Nobel, when you were singing? Nobel was literally the one that opened the show in Miami, and this is after she had to prove herself. Oh my god! She was the most and it clear. was another drama to get that song. I know, <laughs> but she was the most clear, beautiful song. That, I mean, when she opened her mouth and she started singing that song. The whole audience. It was like how many thousand people? We I think it was like twenty four thousand. It was so many people. We filled up arena in Miami and everybody stand up. We were all like crying. I, I oh, can yeah. remember. Oh yeah. We were backstage and I can remember the energy of the other people. We were like, Oh my god, we're gonna come out and people are gonna be so excited. Because basically it was the biggest group they had ever performed since long time ago. I remember you opening the show and you put so much love to that song, Norvell. I can still feel it on my heart. It was, yeah, it was a, I mean, it was a very special song because even though, I mean, even though there was so much drama for me to get in that song, when I finally got the song and we started working on it, it was a song that talked about freedom. It was a song mm -hmm. that talked about freedom being free, Cuba being free, one day I'll see you again. <gasps> so it was such a, it was such a heartfelt topic for all of us. And we, all the Cubans that were in the audience. And all the Cubans everybody that were in the audience. Because everybody came somehow and left the family behind. Exactly. There. So it was it was one of the biggest standing ovation moments throughout the whole night. Like everybody totally. stood up. I and agree. I remember they kept clapping. For and like, they couldn't sit down. But yeah. I was like, it was uh, like a nice amount. I, I was like, oh my God. It's amazing. <laughs> so what do you feel? Because, I mean, do you have your eyes open? You were looking. You know what happened. You know, you got everybody standing up their feet. You know that? I, well, I'll be honest with you. When I stood up the the tumbadoras that I used to stand up on, you know, that part of the, uh, of the, what they built for me to be on top of. Uh, when I stood up there and I saw that many people, I, I honestly, for a second, I was like, oh my God. I never performed for that many people before. Me neither. We were, I mean, I know you guys were in a lot of big theaters, yeah, but and that was I the was biggest. as well, but that I've never experienced that in my that life. That was the biggest, and I think what was bigger than that amount of people in a bell was the energy that and people yes. were giving us. Yes, and it was coming. I mean, my song did not 
open the show per se, remember that we had the, the Africans part of it first. And so that in itself built so much energy. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like, again, I knew that the message of the song was so powerful that that's why everybody was crying in the audience. We were crying on stage. You guys <laughs> were crying back there. I know it was hard. It was, yeah. It was the hardest show I yeah. had ever done in my life. It was so emotional. It was, it was so very emotional. Good. It was very Who wrote emotional. that song? I think it was uh, her, uh, the, 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 the Andy, and then I think Adrián, which was one of the musical directors. They, okay. they wrote it together. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was incredible. It was magical. I still remember that day. It was it was one of the best times that I could have ever had on that show and like ever in anything I've done. It was magical. I agree. I felt the same way. And guys, after that we came back to Vegas. We continue until you know the Stardust. That was our home. You know Vegas. Of course, you know how everything is always new and renovated. Yeah. So. That casino was going down, and we definitely had to just let go. We, we stayed there for like two years. Two years, yeah. yeah. And then we had to let go and reinvent ourselves for one more time to create another <laughs> show, to try to sell it to another casino. But you know what? I mean, we have a good beginning of... If you think about it, by the way, some of the immigrants come to the United States, how hard they have to um, start. At I least, know. I always am thankful because I did have the opportunity to perform, to oh, make sure. some money, for to sure. help my family, to bring and my to brother. And to do what you love. And to do what you love. Yes. Like for I sure. know, for example, my brother, he's an engineer. And I know your brother or your, your mom. My mom is a lawyer. It doesn't yeah. matter. If you come here, you know, I speak the language, you are nobody. <laughs> you know, my mom cleans and my brother is a, a slatte technician. So he works with the slat machines in the casino and he just make sure the codes are right and he fixed the machine, but he's not doing any engineering. Mm-hmm. You know, he can mm-hmm. because that's the way it is. That's the price we have to pay as immigrants. Yeah. But on the other hand, I have a doctor that in my family that is my cousin. After three years living on people's houses on the street, he paid for his career. Mm-hmm. He was a doctor in Cuba. He came here. He worked three jobs in order to revalidate, renew, renew yeah. his, his doctor license. license. He lived in friends' houses. He lived everywhere on the street. He did everything, and now he is a doctor. But those are the things that I am glad that at least we got a chance to do what we love. For sure, for sure. Totally. I, I always say that to people as well. Like I, I feel like we didn't have it as bad, even though it was hard for us, especially the emotional side, the, the mental side of things, because also all the turmoil that we were living inside the show and all of that, uh, but compared to other people that, for example, other Cubans that will go in the ocean uh, and like, you know. Okay. Compared to other Cubans that will come in a boat. And, and we'll spend days and days in the ocean not knowing really if they're going to be alive. Like I agree. We really had, I mean, I'm, I'm forever grateful. I'm not going to lie. Me too. For sure. I feel the same. And, I mean, that being said, I'm, I mean, I'm so happy that I made the decision. Even that took us five years to 
go back to see our parents and go back to Cuba yes. because that's another thing part of the law. When you apply for political silence, you have to wait five years in order to go back to your country. No, you have to wait for the administration that is on to be to change in order for you to be able to go back. So the reason why we're able to go back was because Fidel walked out of power. Oh, really? Yes. So we still wouldn't be able to go back? I don't think so. <gasps> I don't think so. I think I didn't know that. If I remember correctly, please don't take the whole advice on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm so but glad that you're If I remember like correctly, I, I, I asked because my grandma was dying and I needed to go see her. And so I was in the process of trying to renew my Cuban passport and wait and all this stuff because I was not able to you know I, I was not I was in the process of being a, an American citizen at the time so I was waiting for all this paperwork and seeing should I start it before I go and so the the reason why we were able to go I was told it was because of that because when you do that you're asking you're asking this new um, country to open their their doors for you because you have trouble politically so if that same party is still in office you're not supposed to go back because there's going to be consequences. And so that's why, if you remember, we had meetings with their with the lawyers of the company and they'll be I like, agree. you guys have no idea. <laughs> you have to wait to be back. It's going to be a long time. I remember going back and seeing my mom and my dad, like, old. They aged so oh much in five years. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what happened? Where did my life go in five years, you know? And I think because they were missing us so much, they were suffering too. Oh, yes. They were, like, so worried. Oh, yeah. I remember when we start establishing, like, normal phone calls and stuff like that, I had to call them, like, every week. Yeah. Sometimes twice a week because they would get worried. And yeah. my mom used to find, you know, a place to email me and make sure that I was right and send me letters and no that was so hard for them oh yeah my mom actually my mom was on on in the hospital every week and sometimes twice or three times a week because her her body was such in a shock of what happened so her she started having issues with blood pressure and she started having issues with all kinds of things so she'll be sitting right now and her blood pressure would completely go all the way up she had nervous problems Based on, I mean, because of what happened, because of me leaving the way I, I did, she just had all these issues. And yeah, every week they had to to the Policlinico, which is like a small little clinic. Clinic. Yeah, yeah. it's not the hospital. It's the clinic uh, that for like most neighborhoods have one close by. And so, yeah, she was on that clinic every, sometimes two, three, four times a week. Wow. Uh, because she got completely messed up emotionally. So it yeah. messed up her body. I agree. My dad, I mean, my dad was retired already and he went back to work because he needs like that space to be, mm -hmm. to, you know, pass time. Oh, and for sure. To not think about to it. To not think about it. And my dad was devastated. I remember when I was able to go back, we had a conversation and he told me, I see you, you're doing good. Like I, I can see you're, you're happy. And I was like, yeah, dad, I mean, it was tough, but I've been able to find my way through little by little. And, you know, he was like, I've never seen him before. He was always this very happy person, very positive, very like, let's do this and that kind of attitude. And for the first time, he was like, I'm ready to die if I have to. Like, life is not, doesn't matter anymore. And so I had to talk to him again. I was like, what are you talking about? This is not what you taught me. You know, you taught me to be strong and you taught me to 
get my head up and be happy and positive no matter what. And we're together. We're here. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm okay. Look at me. I'm okay. Everything's okay. So come on. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it was horrible for them. For sure. And I mean, I don't know what happened to you, but I left my brother so tiny. <laughs> so when I went back, I had this man saying, hi, sister. I'm like, what in the world? I just left you like a little tiny thing. <laughs> so Aww. yeah, it, I think it was shocking for, for them and for us. And I know your brother is here too, so. Oh yeah. That's good. That's good that you brought your brother. He loves well. America. He loves <laughs> I know. America. He's another one that is so talented. I love him. <laughs> Nevela, are you ready for some questions? Oh my goodness, yes. Before you end this? Yes. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation between me and Noivelle. I just always want to close it in a positive way and just to, you guys get to know a little more of my friends and audience. They have the way I'm going to call it because I feel every single person that is going to come here with me somehow going to be a friend, a family member, or somebody that had a, an important part of my life. What is one thing you wish you had known when you left Cuba to come to America? <laughs> I'm going to tell you three, if that's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say first one, I wish I would have known the language. I wish I would have known English better to be able to move faster. And, you know... I had to go to school with you guys. We, we were going to the same courses to be able to learn a little bit of the basics. And when we finished Havana Nights, I had to start over again. I couldn't even work as a singer because I didn't even know the language. I didn't know how to communicate with the audience. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to pronounce the songs correctly. So nobody would give me work. And so I wish I would have known how to speak English properly or at least enough so I could have you know, have had a better start uh, than what I had. So that would be one. The other one would be, I wish I would have, I wish someone would make a little manual to immigrants to tell us <laughs> like how the system works, how, how, how you, you know, how you should educate a little more about finances and how to manage them better and what to do and what not to do. Um, I'm still learning. Oh, for sure. Honest, for sure. It's so interesting, yeah. For sure. But I feel for us coming from a socialist system that it was communist, then it was socialist, then it went back, then now we don't know what the hell it is. Like, I feel like it would have been so helpful <laughs> if somebody <laughs> would have told me what to expect in such a different system. So I wouldn't have been so much taken advantage of or... I would have navigated better the whole thing because I, I always felt like I would move five steps forward and then I would move 20 steps back because I just didn't know. Um, and I would say the third one, I wish that I would have known myself better uh, as a person and I would have known the things that I, the things that I liked, I didn't like, what I wanted and especially have more self-worth you know know that I was worth it and that I was valuable enough I feel like if I would have had a better um if, if I would have known that I was enough enough I would have stood up for myself more and I wouldn't have gone through 
so many things that I went through um, when I arrived and throughout the process. I mean, there's so many things I can tell you. I know, but I, 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 I felt what you're saying totally because some of them resonate to me a lot too. Right? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to the listeners thinking on pursue a new career? Um, well, first of all, I mean, I'm definitely not the greatest advisor, but (laughs) (laughs) I would say try to find that thing that really you would do no matter what, no matter if you get paid or not, no matter if you, that you love so much, they're willing to lose your sleep over, you know, find that thing that resonates with you so much. That again, it doesn't matter if a paycheck comes through or not. Of course, we all want to get paid. We all have to. We have to pay bills and have a life. But if you love it so much, you will take any opportunity to be able to share that gift with people through that path, through that career. I feel. Um, for example, for me, music is the thing that I mean. I've been in, I've been in music since I pretty much was a little baby. <laughs> But music for me is the thing that no matter what happens in the world, I would always do. It, it's my love. It's my life. It's my everything. Um, so I feel like find that thing. Find that thing that, that touches your heart and soul. Uh, and it might not be the thing that maybe your mom told you that it would be the best. You know, your family. Because sometimes a lot of people get involved in careers because maybe mom and dad wanted them to do this. And then they find out that's not what they really wanted to do. So, yeah, I would say, I mean, for me later on when we went out of the show and I was trying to find other things that I could do and integrate to my life aside hustles, but I wanted to find things that I really liked as well. So I I remember getting a paper and writing all the stuff that I liked. Like I like to do makeup. I like stuff with the skin. I like to dance, whatever it was. And based on that, I started researching on those things. And, and I remember to become an esthetician, Lisa was in, you were in school at the time, and you were my first facial ever. And you closed <laughs> the deal. I became an esthetician because of you. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. We I never remem- thought about it. I remember I went because I was like, let me, let me find out what this is, like what, what's the whole thing about i want to know what it is i want to know how it feels and you you had to practice your facials so you (laughs) told me like can you come like please i need you i need somebody i'm like okay i'll go (laughs) so because of that facial and that experience i was like this is it this is amazing i want to do this this is great not to mention i felt that the first facial experience that i ever had in my life was at the school Mm-hmm. I bet maybe you on the same page. Oh right? yeah, okay. for sure. That's what I always say because they're like, guys, you don't understand. In Cuba, back home, that's luxury. Like yeah. luxury, luxury, like for sure. A B and W here. Oh yeah. That I'm saying that like, you don't do those things. You no. color your hair at home. Maybe nails are more popular right now, but skincare and yeah. stuff like that, you do it on the kitchen. We don't even have creams back home. I know. I don't I mean, remember. Let me put it this way so they know. In the 90s, I washed up my hair with lemon juice <laughs> and a soap. That was the same soap you would wash the entire body that could have been any type of soap, like any. Whatever your parents were able to find and lemon juice. Yeah. yeah. 
I agree. I have never used anything for my face before I go to sleep or anything like that. Pretty much. I was the just, same. okay, you wash your face and that's it. Like, what do you mean you put lotion? What do you mean you put your body wet? <laughs> I was so confused. I know. <laughs> but, you know, you learn as you go. and For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope I answered the question. <laughs> yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> How do you want to be remembered? That was such a good question. <laughs> I think I think for me, first of all, that question will evolve as I, I as I get wiser. I don't like to say that I get older. I get wiser. I think that that I think if you ask me that question 20 years from now, I'll probably answer you t something completely different. But right now, I would say I would like people to remember me as the person that didn't give up and kept pushing and kept moving forward no matter you know how many struggles or no matter how many days I didn't know if I was gonna have a place to sleep on or you know if I had food or whatever happened how many mistakes I made I hope that people remember me as you know what she kept moving forward she kept pushing and <laughs> I hope that that's it <laughs> guys we literally with tears in our uh, eyes talking through this microphone <laughs> and she's looking up in the ceiling trying not to cry trying to, to cry and now she's crying i'm sorry i didn't mean to but i mean it's good cry it's oh good for tears. sure for sure oh my goodness for sure it's yeah it's yeah so now last but not least where everybody can find you and connect with you because i love your music i know people are gonna Thank love you. it too well right now i'm on facebook youtube for sure you can find me on instagram and it's pretty much under my name noibel gorgoy n-o-y-b-e-l-g-o-r-g-o-y uh and if you want to get my music and find it it's all over the digital platform so you'll find it on itunes on spotify um, all I mean, as independent artists, it's always great if you download it versus listen on Spotify because that's you know if you download it, we make a few cents versus Spotify, we don't get paid. Um, but whatever you choose to do, and whatever way you choose to support, uh, yeah, we're I mean I'm on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I'm debating TikTok. I don't know yet. It's too much. I love it's like, TikTok. I know, but it's like every day there's a new platform. And I'm by myself doing this whole thing. So I don't have a oh person, God, you so know, fun. checking, you know, organizing this whole thing. So I might, I, I might keep an eye on TikTok, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you can always join me on my website, adnoivel.com and subscribe. And I'm also working on a Patreon uh, so keep an eye on that one as well because you can become a Patreon and support in a different way so I can totally. keep creating and stuff like that. But yeah, that's pretty much it right now. <laughs> I will leave, of course, your name with correct spelling in here because I know that's where <laughs> that's where our problems and it's going to be maybe most of the problem in all my guests. But please read the description so you find the way. Noibel. It's very unique. You yes. won't find that many of me. Marvel, I know you have a book as well. Oh my goodness. Yes. I do have a book. So I started this journey on, on plant-based. Uh, not that you have to become a vegan or anything like that. No. I just love vegetables so much. 
and so that inspired me to make this little book um, and it was a great thing right now it's off the off Amazon because I wanna refresh it up a little bit so so you guys have an idea I did that by myself <laughs> so, and I had help pretty much from my mother-in-law helped me edit it but like I didn't have an editor I didn't have like you know I didn't have like a, a institution taking care of the whole thing so I, I figure it out as I went and there are so many things that I, I'm working on refreshing right now so it should be back on Amazon pretty soon for you guys to get it and it's not a Cuban food oriented plant based uh, thing I named it a Cuban flair because it's inspired by my Cuban culture my background so there's like certain techniques that we use back home that I used in the book and shared with people or I took some recipes uh, and I transformed them and make them my own which are very different but at the end of the day it's not a Cuban cookbook it's not a vegan cu Cuban cookbook because I get that one a lot oh really but it's amazing <laughs> she cooks so good and I think you can find some of her recipe on Instagram right or your other page Noivelle Kitchen so. Noivelle's Kitchen yeah that that also will be updated pretty soon because I want to start sharing other things with people. But, uh, but yeah. That's... But literally, guys, every time I have a problem or I don't feel well, like I'm, I'm that kind of person that never gets sick. Like years pass by and I never get sick. Like never. Like I don't know why. I'm so happy to be this healthy. I but know. if I ever feel that something should be changed, cleansing, like better for my skin, I just call Noibel. <laughs> She made me, guys, the best scrubs and lotions and oils treatment for my body and feet and face that I was like, in a wow. I always get them on my birthday. She would not make extra for me, even if I ask her. I owe her one right now. But literally, I'm, yeah, I'm haunting that right now. Uh, yeah. But literally, I like, always tell her, like, please do more. I think she is amazing at cooking and also she know what should be on skincare. So I hope one day she get deeper than that. But she is so good into those two things as well. Working, <laughs> working on that one. I, I mean, I do want to get some Buddy Butters out. I, I enjoy making them so much. And you are so good at making I them. I feel like in, in the weather we are, that is so dry and all of that. It's, it's so cool for our skin. So I enjoy it as well. Keep an eye on those. You never know. I might put some out. <laughs> she is the million talent girl. I'm telling you. She's the million talent. I'm like, Novelle, you can do whatever. You should be a millionaire already because you have so much knowledge. You can do so much. But I'm so grateful and humbled to be talking to you today and knowing a little more about your life. I know that I Thank knew you. some things, but you see, there was a lot of missing, <laughs> missing parts that I didn't know about Germany and all of that. But I love Oh, there's you. more to the story, but we'll be here for yeah. way longer. She will be back. Podcast. Let me know in the comment if you want to be back. <laughs> but I love you so much, Tita. I love you. I call her Tita and thank you. I love you. Thank again. you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And please find this amazing woman. <laughs> she, I mean, I, I honestly have no words for this, this woman right here. So inspiring. So, such a hard worker. Such a, I mean, I don't want to say the bad word. But, <laughs> but she, she's bad. <laughs> In a good way. I've seen her. You know what it is. I've seen her transformation. 
since we arrived and what she have done with her life and what she has become and she still even though we're like sisters she still amazed me every single <laughs> minute i'm on top of everything she's doing i'm like oh my god of course she had to come on keep going come on you can <laughs> she's unbelievable and i'm Aww. sure you all know i'm sure all of you that are listening know and know a little bit of her story already and i know you probably are as amazed as we the people that know her well are every day so yeah we <laughs> love her you, i love Dita. her thank you <laughs> thank you thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for the next my american vida Solo imagina todo este lado.